everybody? How you doing? How you living? It is Justin Trace today. We do not have Austin Cunningham today. He uh, got stuck in St. Louis due to a snowstorm. I mean, you know, those Missouri people freak out about six inches of snow. Uh, Here in Utah, we just call that uh, a Tuesday in July. But hey, that's just me. Just the old dude just living in Utah, liking mountains, whatever Austin likes to make fun of me for. I mean, at least I know how to drive in the snow, I guess. Am I right? Uh, hey, Austin, I love you, bud. I miss you. Wish you were here. I just had to get a little jab at you. Uh, but let's get started. Uh, what a fantastic weekend in sports and football in general. Uh, Saturday night, we started out with the Heisman. And as everybody predicted, everybody knew it, 95% of the people said it was going to happen. Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU, Potential number one overall pick. Walks away with the hardware. Super happy for him. Uh, absolutely deserved it. I think what was more surprising for me was that Justin Fields didn't take second place in the votes. He actually ended up with a third amount of votes. And Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma ended up with second amount of votes, which was I was just shocked by that. And then let's see here. Chase Young at fourth which I found, you know, everybody wants to say defensive players need to get more recognition. I thought fourth place, like, that's a good start. He probably deserved more than that. If he didn't get suspended for two weeks, he probably would have. And then Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin, getting a few votes as well. So good for him there. He, he absolutely deserves it. I honestly felt like he deserved to be in New York. Uh, but then again, I don't know if I would take anybody out that did make it. So, I mean, you can't. They don't invite five people anymore. They used to back in the day, and then they kind of went to three. They invited four this year. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, we'll make it interesting for the college football playoffs now, now that you have a Heisman uh, winner in there. You got a whole bunch of runner-ups on the other side of the bracket. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a good time there. Um, let's kind of get into some fantasy talk. I mean, I always like talking about fantasy. Um, I know Austin does as well, but we kind of just don't get into it as much as I think, at least I would like. So a big week for a lot of people, right? This was either championship weekend or semifinal weekend for a lot of people. And there were some huge games and there were some duds, man. Like, so I, I feel like nobody had like an okay week. Like, you either were just completely disappointed or ecstatic that you won. Uh, For me, I had a huge week. Actually, probably the best week I've ever had in fantasy. I've been playing it for 15 years now, so that was awesome. Uh, (laughs) I feel bad for the guy I was playing. Uh, I scored 206 points. He scored, I think, 165. And then the two two teams on the opposite side, they both scored – I think one scored 95 and one was at like 100, but he still had Camara to play tonight who's playing right now. I actually haven't kept up on that game because I'm getting prepped for the show. But uh, So that always sucks when you're like the second highest scoring team, but you have to lose there. So uh, brutal there, but hey, I like it. Even even if I take second place, it's enough money for me to uh, buy my senior bowl trip this weekend. So uh, I'm happy about that. I'm officially coming. So Austin uh, – Get ready. I mean, it's going to be a magical moment when we finally meet each other in, in person. For all of you guys that don't know, we've literally never met each other in person. So um, that's going to be a good time. Um, so hopefully all you other people that did win, hopefully you guys have good luck going into the next week. Uh, 
I mean, just because I like to talk about myself a little bit. Uh, gonna pat myself on the back. I started Kenyon Drake over Le'Veon Bell, and then I started. I had to start uh, Perryman because I had Mike Evans who went out, so I had to start him. Uh, I did leave Golden Tate on the bench, but hey, that happens. Uh, to go along with uh, Tannehill, who I picked up earlier in the year. I drafted Aaron Jones and Zeke, so I'm pretty stacked at the running back position. Didn't have DJ Chark either. I thought I was screwed because I didn't have Evans or Chark, who had kind of led me to where I was at this season. So uh, we're pretty deep league. I think I've said this before, 12-team league, three wide receivers. So um, <coughs> pretty, in <coughs> excuse me, pretty intense league, but um, super excited. Uh, this will be my fourth year in the championship. Sadly, I've lost the last three championships, so I'm three-time runner-up. But, hey, it happens. So, but I had to pat myself on the back for making the gutsy call of sitting Le'Veon Bell against the Ravens. Obviously, a tough matchup, matchup is why I did it. And then rolling with Kenyon Drake, which uh, obviously his 40-plus points kind of put me over the top there. So, uh, love to see that. Um, Sounds like uh, a lot of other big games um, from other people that I know in fantasy, so good for them. Um, if you lost, hey, I'm sorry. There's always next year. Just enjoy the rest of the football season. Stress-free on Sundays. You're not having to look at your laptop or your phone to see scores. Just enjoy the moment, and hey, in June, just start prepping again, I guess, right? Um, but that's really about it about fantasy. Let's, uh, let's get into some breaking down some games here. So we'll start out with the Monday night game that I was just talking about. Ravens versus Jets. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he'd already locked up the MVP, but he even did so more so now. Uh, another five touchdown passes this week. Uh, he's now up to 33 on the season. Um, Austin, remember when we made a bet about 22 touchdown passes? Yeah, got that one. Sorry, bud. Um the game got away from the Jets early, basically, is what happened. I actually thought the Jets' game plan early was good. They were giving Bell the ball. He was being successful. He averaged over four yards per carry in the game. Uh, just got down early, had to get away from it. So um, that's always rough to see. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson's probably not going to be back next year for them. So they desperately need to get a wide receiver. And I think in free agency and the draft, um, I think they have bigger needs than taking one super early, but I could see the argument for, I think they're pick seven right now. Uh, I could see the argument for them going after somebody that early, but if I was them, I'd take another position. And then there's enough talent there that in the second round, there's going to be another guy that falls. So that's probably what I would do. But again, you're, you're going to have to get another one in free agency as well. You just need more weapons around Darnold. Um, if you guys keep bell or not, you you need to start using him in the passing game more. Like that's what made him Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers. It wasn't because he was this fantastic runner. And I mean, the obviously great patience and he's a very, very good runner, but it was his pass catching abilities is what made him special. So why they're not using that, I it confuses me every single Sunday when I watch Jets games. So hopefully they figured that out the last couple of weeks of the season. And um you could just tell the Jets were missing their key guys on defense. I mean, they've missed Mosley for basically the entire year. I think he's played two or three games this entire season. And uh, Jamal Adams out. I mean, you can just tell that they're banged up and they're really needed to just get healthy 
and get a few more playmakers there. So uh, I think the Jets could make a big leap next year. Um, not saying playoff leap, but I mean, I could easily see them as like an eight and eight team next year if they just get healthy, new coaching staff, another weapon on offense, you know, that type of stuff. So um, Jets fans, hold your hand, heads up high. Uh, you got you got a future there. You got some key parts. So like saying that, who knows if Adams is on that team though. Uh, my guess is he gets traded. Um, for the Ravens, again, Lamar, MVP, uh, this running back duo that they have, like if you want to call it that, with Lamar and Ingram and uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember the other guy's name. Gus. Um, but he, uh, those guys are really good, and uh, they just beat you down, man. Like they just – they wear you down little by little and – so you just have nothing left, and then you're like, okay, finally, we'll stop him right here. And then, of course, Lamar hits him over the top with some sort of combination with all these tight ends or and all these shifty wide receivers that they have. So um, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, locked up that NFC North for back-to-back division champs. Uh, tried to tell you all that. Uh, some of you guys made fun of me for it. Um, I'm not going to call it names that were like, hey, please bet me. Please bet me on this. Hey, uh, I don't know about that, Jim. Uh, I, I like to – I'll take this one, though. I'll, ta- I'll take this win. Uh, let's move on to the Pats versus Cincinnati. Um, the qu- main question for me here is, is Stephon Gilmore the defensive player of the year? It's hard as a cornerback to win it, but I think he has. I don't know if there's anybody else, especially if the Pats can lock up the two seed. I – could easily see them just saying, yep, I mean, he carried this defense, and they're arguably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Ravens have something to say about that. Niners have something to say about that. But th- it's arguable, right? So I would take him. Man, he's just shutting people down. Had two more picks, one of them a pick six, and it's just awesome to watch. I love watching him. Oh, sorry, breaking news here. Drew Brees just – Passed Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes of all time. Congratulations, Drew Brees. That's a awesome accomplishment. You've been doing it for the great for a really long time, and you're one of the all-time greats. So congratulations there. Um, speaking of probably the goat, uh, Tom Brady, he still is just not looking great, and I'm I'm going to put that more on. He just doesn't have the weapons. Edelman clearly is not healthy. Only had two catches for, I think, less than 10 yards, or it was at right at 10 yards yesterday. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what else he can do, really. He's, he's trying to use his uh, James White a lot. Uh, he's starting to really rely on Nikhil Harry, trying to hit those tight ends, uh, Myers. And they they just need something. Sanu's been just a complete disappointment. Uh, tra- trading away a second-round pick. Big time yikes there, uh, not paying off. Uh, I think they even said it during the broadcast. I think that just a matter of time before they start doing trick, more trick plays with Sanu throwing it. Uh, they already do it with Edelman sometimes. I mean, you can just see it in the playoffs. It's going to happen. Uh, all three of them are probably going to throw a touchdown pass in the playoffs just because that's just what the Patriots do. Um, on the Cincinnati side, uh, one more loss and you lock up the, uh, number one overall pick. So congratulations there. And, um, Joe Mixon, man, he is coming back with a vengeance. These last, this last about month, 
Uh, I think it's five of the last six games he's averaging like 4.4 yards per carry or more. Back-to-back weeks where he's had over 120 rushing yards. He's just being the guy uh, showing why he led the AFC in rushing last year. Uh, Super excited about what he can do next year. Again, they get Jonah Williams back. Uh, The rookie from Alabama was on IR all season. They probably draft another offensive lineman. Might have Joe Burrow. Who knows? Maybe they convince A.J. Green to to come back. Maybe he's healthy. I mean, and then all of a sudden, Joe Mixon is a top five running back again. So good for him. Uh, As I was watching this game, I just thought to myself, Carlos Dunlap is the perfect trade candidate for somebody that thinks that they are just a pass rusher away from making a Super Bowl run. Uh, Next year, this year would have been great because he only made $3 million this year, but he makes $7 million next year, and then it jumps up to $10 million. So that's kind of a costly one in two years. But if you really think you're a pass rusher away – Next year, $7 million isn't too bad for just a pass rusher there that's got the the weight and the length and everything. Like He he causes havoc. He knocked down, I think, two of Brady's passes yesterday. So I could see that being a trade candidate, especially if the Bengals wanted to clear up a little bit of cap space. So uh, I'd watch out for that this offseason, see, see if anybody makes a move for Dunlap. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is the Bucks versus Lions. Um, Let's see, 301 passing yards in the first half for Mr. Uh, Crab Legs over there. So, not the best look for the Lions defense. Uh, they've just completely fallen apart, which is, I mean, your head coach is supposed to be a defensive-minded guy, and I know you're beat up, but at the same time, man, like you got to figure out how to slow people down. Almost 500 passing yards altogether. Uh, for Winston and he just he looked great even without Mike Evans that's what that's the big thing like without Mike Evans the entire game uh, Godwin left the game in at late in the third quarter I think there's like three or four minutes left in the third quarter and he still was just slicing and dicing them whatever they wanted hey good for the lines they shut down the running game doesn't matter with the the Buccaneers you have to slow down that passing game if you're going to win that game and they even picked off uh, Winston second pass of the game I think second or third pass of the game and they then nothing the rest of the game so Lions tough go at it there um Rashad uh Perryman wide receiver one of the guys that I started this weekend so that's awesome but he has five touchdowns this season five the guy so for those of you that don't know he signed with Cleveland I think it was two days later, three days later, they end up trading for OBJ. The next day he goes into the facility and said, Perryman goes into the facility and says, I want released. I did not agree to coming here with knowing that he is going to be here. OBJ is going to be here. I'm losing all this playing time. So, and that, and you got to remember at that time, they still had Higgins that was up and coming. They still had, uh, Callaway, Callaway from the Florida wide receiver. And so, like, he's like, I could be fifth on the step chart. I don't want to be here. So, uh, Browns did release him. And then he ended up signing with the Bucks within a week. And now he, Perriman has five touchdowns. OBJ has two. So, <clears throat> given completely different circumstances, I understand that. But, I mean, for him, that's got to feel good. Like, you know that he knows that stat. So, uh, Happy for him, former first rounder for the Ravens. 
uh, just didn't work out. Uh, injuries, case of the drops, just couldn't really get it going there. Uh, really rejuvenated his career here. So that's awesome. Uh, for the Bucks, I mean, they just – I think they need – their offensive line is obviously good enough for the uh, pass blocking, but they're just not getting anything with the run game. I could see them trying to address some offensive line in the offseason. And then DBs. They got to learn how to just stop some people. Usually teams are just passing all over them. Um, even David, David Blau, to an extent, had a pretty decent game. Had over 100 yards to um, – What's his name? Amendola. So, I mean, Galladay had one big catch. Uh, no Marvin Jones, obviously. No Hawkinson. So, a little tough go at it for David Blau. But um, I got a good laugh out of, it, out of it during the game. End of the game when Lions were come, making a comeback, it was like a deep pass, David Blau, to Chris Lacey. And it was like, yeah, just like uh, how – Everybody in September drew it up to be David Blau to Chris Lacey. Uh, I can't remember who said that, but it was I, I got a good laugh out of it because, I mean, sometimes that just happens. Sometimes your team just gets beat up and, like, there's nothing you can do about it, and you're naming off guys that you had no idea even existed uh, like two months prior. So that's awesome. Um, good for the running game of the Lions. Um, Wes Hills. Two touchdowns, I believe. Uh, NFL PA game MVP. Uh, I know our friend Andrew Harbaugh was a huge fan of him. Talk, he talked about him uh, during the draft process. And so, like, when he got signed this week to the active roster, he was celebrating, like, super happy for him earlier in the week. And so, when he was scoring, I, I had to get onto Twitter and see what he was saying. And I know he was very happy about it. So, uh, Andrew, uh, glad your guy had a good week. Uh, if you're listening, congrats there. Um, moving on to the next one is the Packers versus the Bears. Big division game. Uh, I think they said this was like the 200th matchup all time against these guys. And um, kind of a snooze fest the first half, man. Like, I was, I was hoping for more sparks there, more fireworks. And um, it was pretty boring there. But, I mean, what do you expect with a division rival game? Sometimes they start out slow. Um, Biggest takeaways for me uh, after the game, Trubisky kind of sounded like he called out Nagy's play calling a little bit. He was just like, yeah, we could have done more things, been more creative. Uh, dude, you've struggled 85, 90% of this season. I don't really think you have a lot of room to talk shit. Um, I was very surprised on Cohen. I think Cohen had like 65% of the snaps while David Montgomery, I think had 46%, if that's correct, somewhere in that area just I just don't get it like the game was felt close majority of the game like you didn't have to get away from the running game so um that's always weird Packers one game away from a division title after not making the playoffs the last couple years you can win it against Minnesota on Monday night next week you win that game you win the division week 17 does not even matter so you know they're, they're super excited about that. Um, I don't think that the Packers need to necessarily draft a wide receiver early, but they need one of these young guys, second-year guys right now, to either step up this offseason or draft somebody in the later rounds and hope that they step up. Uh, you just need somebody opposite of Devontae Adams. You need that just pressure off of him and you need then you get the running game going and everything will kind of work itself out obviously what they're doing now is working but you 
for sure do want that just extra weapon there for Aaron Rodgers in the final seasons of his career. I still think he's got plenty left in the tank, but you know what I'm saying there. He's he's not getting any younger. I guess we can say it that way. Um, uh, Rashad Gary, the rookie out of Michigan, first round pick for the Packers. He flashed this game. I saw him on multiple plays. He did get his career first sack. So uh, that's good for the Packers. You have a guy that's starting to really understand how to be a pass rusher in the NFL, which is very tough. So uh, you get another weapon besides the Smith guys, Smith brothers, as they call me, and they're they're not brothers. Uh, that's just dangerous for anybody in the NFC. Like you got three solid pass rushers. Uh, you got to look out there. Uh, Blake Martinez continues just to be a tackling machine. Uh, had double digits tackles again. So P- Packers doing great on that uh, middle linebackers position there. Uh, I saw this, and I thought this was very interesting. Um, Zadarius Smith, uh, pass rusher for the Packers. He has been double teamed more than anybody in the NFL this year. Any pass rusher, edge pass rusher, because Aaron Donald blows that out of the water. But pass rusher. So, I mean, good Trisivia would have been, hey, who, what, what player has been uh, double teamed the most this year? Everybody would have been like, hey, Khalil Mack, somebody like that. I could have been set it for this game, and you guys all probably would have guessed Khalil Mack. But uh, Darius Smith, man, and he's still getting massive pressure on the quarterback. He, he has one of the top pressure rates in the NFL as well. So he's playing fantastic football right now. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is the Texans versus the Titans. And uh, A.J. Brown, man. He just came out of nowhere the last few weeks. I shouldn't say nowhere. He's had a few big games this year. But like the last couple of weeks, he's just been becoming the guy in that offense. And he's kind of put himself into the rookie of the year conversation. I mean, it's, nobody kind of took that stranglehold on it. When Minshew got benched, like Minshew kind of – you felt like he had it, and then he got benched, and nobody really took it over. Josh Gor- – or Josh Gordon. Josh – Jacobs, you know, had a solid solid season. You'd think that he would win it, but, I mean, he's missed a game. He looks injured. Who knows if he plays the rest of this year after they lost this weekend. Uh, Kyler Murray, their team's just not winning. Obviously, they did this weekend, but they were on a six-game losing streak before that. So, who knows, man? Another two monster games from him. And if they end up winning the AFC South, you could, you could have the argument for it. So, that'd be interesting to see there. Um, I fully expect the Titans to win week 17 against the Texans. I thought that they outplayed the Texans. I thought the biggest thing was just in that red zone where it was the slant route to the tight end. Sorry, I can't remember his name. Backup tight end uh, for the Titans, not Smith, but the guy behind him. uh, Drops it. Would have been a walk-in touchdown. I shouldn't say dropped it. He got hit by Reed. Popped it up. Uh, Marcel Dare – or no, uh, Willis. What's his name? I don't know, I, whatever his name is. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, he picks it off, ends up taking it 90 yards back, and then they went from one red zone to the opposite red zone. And that was a big game changer. That was a 14-point swing. They obviously end up losing by three. So um, that one play goes their way. I think they win that game pretty easily, to be honest. So uh, I fully expect them to win the next game. Uh, and I still – the biggest thing is, can they beat the Saints next week? It is at home, so that's good for the Titans. I just don't know if they're going to because the Saints 
are still fighting for that number one seed. So they know they have that opportunity there. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, actually, the Saints kind of just control their own destiny at this point, it feels like, um, with that, because they, you'd hope that uh, – actually, no, now that I'm thinking through this, Niners and Seahawks have the tiebreaker over the Saints. So, actually, the Saints basically know they're getting the two seed. Uh, as long as they win tonight and win one more game, they basically have locked themselves into the two seed. Um, so overall, it, it was a fun game. I just kind of just, I just think the Titans are a better team right now, and it fucking hurts to say that. But hey, I mean, I'm gonna do it. Uh, one thing that I could see hap- not happening, but a great fit would be Jonathan Taylor with this. Uh, Texans offense I think he would be a great fit uh, they're doing fine with Carlos Hyde but I think somebody like Jonathan Taylor or Swift Swift out of Georgia I think either one of those guys would be awesome fits uh, they don't have a first round pick so I've kind of put Swift out of it uh, I think Jonathan Taylor still is probably a top 40 to 50 pick anyways so neither are likely but I just would love to see that fit um, from a fan standpoint of football not of the Texans because that would just crush the Jags. So happy it's unlikely, but um, as a football fan, I think that'd be fun to watch. So Texans right now currently own the four seed um, in the AFC. They would be playing the five seed, the Bills. Bills will fucking smash them right now. So um, the sad thing is, is the way it's lined up, for the AFC South winner, you're facing the Bills. I mean, with the Bills winning this weekend, which I'll get to in a few minutes, like, you're going to lose. <laughs> the Bills are just playing lights out, so good for them. Uh, let's get to the next one, which is the Dolphins versus Giants. Hey, good for you, Eli. <coughs> Way to go out. Win last, most likely your last home game as a Giant. Uh, super happy. I thought that was awesome when they took him out. Everybody was cheering going nuts i thought that was a really really awesome moment well deserved by him uh saquon finally looked like saquon if it's him getting healthy if it's because he's playing a shitty dolphins team if it's a mixture of both like good to see him um he'll be back everybody next year he'll be back to being saquon um just i don't know golden tate does he piss people off or do you like it like, he is such a troll going into the end zone every single time to DBs. And, like, he still gets pushed into the end zone or hit or, like, whatever when he's celebrated. And he just doesn't give a shit because he knows he scored. So, like, as a defensive back, I'd be like, oh, this motherfucker. But, like, overall, I love it. Like, as a fan, I'm just like, man, you're such a little douche. But uh, it's fun to watch. And he always makes the crazy catches like this. Like, he did it against the Patriots earlier this year as well. Like, the same thing. Like, deflection pops up in the air. He catches it, outruns a guy, scores, uh, last 10 yards, backpedals in and gets pushed in, like, whatever. Um, Fitzpatrick, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he leads the Dolphins in rushing yards this year. So, that's – you don't see that happen every – I mean, obviously – Ravens I mean you got Lamar Jackson up there as well but like Fitzpatrick leads the Dolphins in rushing um that's when you know it's bad Miami that's when you know but hey I mean he he keeps fighting and you gotta respect Fitzpatrick for that uh kept feeding the ball to Devontae Parker we talked about him a lot last uh episode and 
right after that, like I, the next day, he gets paid big time, four years, $40 million. So good for him. Good for him for sticking around and wanting to see how this all shakes up with the Dolphins. Um, a lot of people would be like, ah, I just want to hit free agency and get the hell out of Miami. But uh, he doesn't want to. So good for him. Uh, if the Dolphins can find their way back into the two number two overall pick, you got to take Chase, Chase Young there. You got to – I know you need a quarterback, but you got other draft picks later on. You could probably package both of the other ones up and trade back up even earlier to get two if you want, if you really want to. But, like, Chase Young is just a game changer. So you got to really make sure to get him if, if you can find a way to get back up to that two seed. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, we'll move on to Austin's team here. We have the Dol- or the Dolphins. I almost just called the Austin's team the Dolphins. Yikes. Um, the Chiefs versus the Broncos. Uh, snow game, everybody. That's when you know it's football season. Snow games are happening. I fucking love it. it is, there's nothing like just being on your couch in a nice warm house, blanket on you, watching football. As you see these guys just freezing their ass off but playing in the snow. It, it's a glorious time. Um, Mahomes has never played in the snow until he got into the NFL. He's now 2-0 in the snow, and I think both games have been blowouts. I think he's won by, I think, 17 points or more both games. I may be mistaken on that. might be a little bit closer. But 2-0, and he's got to love it there. Um, His defense plays better in the snow, like most defenses will. But the way their linebackers are, the way I'm watching them, I think their linebackers were just able to attack more being in the snow uh offense is being slowed down a little bit it gave them that advantage so hey maybe the maybe the uh chiefs are hoping for bad weather heading into the postseason as weird as that is to say uh i think they might have an advantage there because this offense they're still going to put up yards and still put up points if it's bad weather or not i love obviously kelsey had a huge game obviously there uh but i love the way they were using i mean tyrant kill didn't do yet Touchdown on that first first or second drive, 40-yarder. And then he was quiet for about a quarter and a half. And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, no, what? We don't need him to go deep. Like, he can be shifty here and just gain yards. Like, we can give him the ball after three yards. And then he'll use his speed to gain, make it like a 15-yard game. And that's exactly what he did. And he ended up getting another touchdown later in the game. He did leave the game, I believe, with a concussion or got in – went into the tent to get checked out, but seems like he's okay there. So uh, happy to see that after he's been kind of dinged up this entire year, obviously the, the shoulder issue uh, week one, when Ramsey kind of drove him into the ground and then hurt his hamstring in Mexico city. And now this it's, it's been a rough year for Hill. So uh, I just want him to stay healthy just because he's very enjoyable to watch. Um, DBs for the chiefs played fantastic. Uh, I think that they did a great job of just saying, hey, we're going to – the safeties, we're going to play even a little bit more back, an extra couple of yards, because we're just going to make sure everything stays in front of us because we think that once you get into the shorter fields, we don't think that Drew Locke's going to be able to do anything. And that's kind of what happened. He threw – I'm he threw multiple picks. One got called back as a penalty, but, like, he just did not know what to do on the on shorter – shorter field against this defense in the snow 
was just trying to force things, especially to Noah Fant. So um, great, great playing by them. Uh, LaShawn McCoy show that that was fun while it lasted, but it's over. Um, you, they got to just keep rolling with where uh, Darwin Thompson, Utah state kid. And then obviously I'm sure Damian Williams will be back in the next week or two uh, and he'll be healthy, healthy for the playoffs. But Honestly, I'd be shocked. I no, I shouldn't say shocked because I would not be shocked. I I would not personally be playing LaShawn McCoy basically at all anymore. I, I could see him being healthy scratches moving forward because you're you're not gonna keep four running backs active. It's already hard, sometimes hard to keep three, but you'll you'll do one if guys know how to play special teams and where and Darwin Thompson know how to play special teams if need be. So uh, I could see them when it push comes to shove. Them just saying, hey, McCoy, sorry, you're the odd man out this game. And maybe the next week he's not, right? And they might just be playing matchups of who they think can help out where. But no pun intended on the where thing. But um, what else do we got here? Uh, I'm I'm very ready for Sammy Watkins to not be on the Chiefs anymore. I'm ready to see Mikel Hardman play full-time snaps. Uh, he's starting to play better and better. He did a fantastic job in the snow. Um, and I, I'm just a Demarcus Robinson fan. I think he's a great wide receiver three. So if you can have Hardman being that number two, the Chiefs, like sometimes I feel like they try to force feed Watkins just because his name is Sammy Watkins. Because um, I don't think he's any better than Hardman. So like, why are you paying this dude all this money? Like just, let Hardman grow as a wide receiver there. So I'm, I'm excited for that to happen. And Broncos run offense, man, disappointing. You'd hope that they would really get things going, especially in the bad weather. They really just couldn't get anything going. Uh, ever since Emmanuel Sanders got traded, they, they need another wide receiver, which everybody knew was going to be a need in the draft. So we'll see there. Um, DBs with guys like the Chargers and the Chiefs in this uh, division you're going to need another wide receiver there so hey jump up on that in the draft get some wider or dbs there so wide receivers and dbs in the draft for the broncos easily could see that being high priority need for them uh moving on to another division rival which is the eagles versus the redskins this played out a lot like week one week one everybody was shocked like holy shit the redskins are beating the eagles what's going on and then all of a sudden eagles start going and going uh last couple minutes gets crazy defensive touchdown for the Eagles makes it look like it's not as close as it actually was I mean almost to a T what happened in week one just happened here again um first off I just want to say congrats to AP like I think he uh number fourth overall tied for fourth overall on touchdowns so a uh, great accomplishment there Haskins starting to play with a little bit more confidence so happy to see that him and his uh Terry McLaurin, a college teammate, starting to get on the same page, had a 75-yard touchdown to him. So you like to see that as two rookies are growing there. Um, what else do we have? Urban Meyer was in town uh, sitting with the o- Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins. Uh, I've always been the guy that says that Meyer would never be do well in the NFL. I mean, his style is just great for college. Uh, I still believe that, but I want to see it. 
I want to see what happens. Like, so I would be, I would be down for an Urban Meyer to the Washington Redskins to team up with Haskins, McLaren, and try to try to see what you can do there. I think that'd be super fun. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens. Uh, I think you'd have to pay him a shit ton of money because I do think that he enjoys being in the media. But we'll see there. Um, fun, li- fun little game here. Uh, mini Trisivia. So we have a quarterback with 3,431 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So 3,431, 25, and seven. We have another quarterback with 3,668, 26 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So 230 passing yards more, one touchdown more, but four more interceptions. Who are the two quarterbacks? Number quarterback B that has the more yards, one more touchdown, and, but four more picks is Deshaun Watson, who's arguably number three in, in uh, rookie or rookie uh, MVP voting, arguably number three behind Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Maybe, maybe uh, Watson's dropped a little bit. Maybe he's fourth or fifth in that category now. But still, like people would be like, ah, okay, I can see what you're saying. The other guy is Carson Wentz. I mean, less, less turnover or less interceptions, basically the same amount of touchdowns, and only a couple hundred yards less. And everybody's shitting all over him, saying that he's having a horrible year. But let's not forget, I mean, look at all the weapons that Watson has. And Wentz doesn't have anybody. Wentz may have the worst wide receiver core in the NFL at this point throughout the entire year. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't played anything this year. Nelson Aguilar sucks. Uh, yeah, he's got a couple good tight ends. But, I mean, you're going to say, oh, he has good tight ends, so he should be fine? No, that's not, that's not how it's working when you don't have good wide receivers on the outside. So, um, I think Wentz is playing – a lot better than what people are giving him credit for considering the pieces he has around him. So that I thought that was interesting when I looked that up. Uh, we'll go on to the next one, which is the Panthers versus the Seahawks. And news broke today. Panthers are going with Will Greer at quarterback. Finally. Been preaching this for weeks. He may not be the guy. Austin doesn't think he's the guy. He hated him at the senior bowl. Said the dude couldn't throw it to the left side of the field. That may be it, but guess what? Kyle Allen, he only throws it to the other team now. It's, every time I turn on that game, he, he's throwing an interception. Kyle Allen has not been good for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. He had a very good month when nobody knew anything about him. You have to see what Will Greer can do. You only get two weeks, though, and I don't think that's going to be enough to really understand if he's the guy or not. Good news is reports are that – the owner for the Panthers and Cam Newton have had great talks. They're really close, and he wants to keep him. And honestly, at this point, that might be the best thing you can do. And if he's not it, if he comes back next year, and yeah, it's finally it, you can tell after a few more weeks, then you look, then you give Will Greer the rest of the year, and then you really find out. Again, two weeks, you're not going to know. I mean, he could have one monster game and then one subpar game. He could have two great games. I mean, Kyle Allen had four great games in a row. We thought he was the guy, and Cam Newton was gone, right? Like, we all thought that. Um, 
So interesting to see. I'm very excited to watch him. I think that he'll, I think he'll do fine, but uh, we'll see there. Um, It's super frustrating watching anybody. And maybe I'm the only person, but watching anybody play the Panthers. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, he touched the ball on just under 55% of the snaps. Like It's like 54.2% or something like that. So you're telling me, a dude that touches the ball over 50% of the time, you're not just keying on him way more than what everybody's showing. I get the offensive line is very good to open up holes for him and everything, but like there, he just does little like swing routes and nobody goes out there. Literally nobody. He catches it and he gets seven yards every single time. Every time running the game. It, it feels like he's not getting touched until five yards down the field majority of the time. How are you guys not just saying, if we shut this guy down and we be super aggressive, and I get it, he is slippery and strong and he can make everybody look silly. And you may be scared that he's going to bust a big one on you if you're too aggressive. Guess what? He has the most touchdowns of 40 or 50 plus yards this season out of anybody in the NFL. So you waiting back and waiting for him to come to you obviously isn't working either. So why are teams not being more aggressive on slowing him down? Again, he's great. I love Christian McCaffrey, Pac-12 guy. He's awesome. But to me, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would try to be more aggressive here. If you see him going out on a swing route, you immediately bring up a corner or the linebacker and just go over there. Let it be. Try to be DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel that beat you. DJ Moore's had a fantastic year. I still don't think he's good enough to beat you as a team. So just shut him, shut down McCaffrey, and you win. Um, so I always get frustrated watching that as a def- from a defensive side. Uh, Seattle, with the Niners losing, Seattle back to the number one seed. This thing's going to be flip-flopping, I feel like, the rest of the year. So that's going to be interesting to see there. Uh, Josh Gordon today announced that he got suspended again. I think this is his fifth time being suspended by the NFL. I think this is the last time, too. I don't think he's able to come back from this. Uh, good run. He had an amazing diving catch, fingertip catch this weekend, and that's going to be the last big-time catch I think he has in the NFL. I uh, hate to see that. Uh, Cody Barton. For Seattle, former Ute uh, linebacker, he was the third-round pick, had a really, really good game. I was watching a lot of this game for him specifically. I liked seeing that. And Keekly was everywhere. Obviously, the Seahawks had a big lead, and so they started running it a lot. So, uh, obviously, you'd expect the middle linebacker of the team that's down to have a lot of tackles at that point, and he did, 17 tackles. But he played solid. He was was doing a good job there. Uh, This game was fun to watch him. Excuse me, and Bobby Wagner. Uh, those two, obviously, a lot of people say they're one and two in uh, middle linebacker rankings in the NFL. So watching those guys kind of go at it, uh, in a sense, was was fun to watch there. Uh, next game is the Browns versus the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake, he's the goat. What can we say, everybody? Uh, everybody's been saying it all along. Nobody was talking about how um, he was like zero and twelve this season considering he was on the Dolphins and then got traded and these guys hadn't won. Like, nobody was saying that. Uh, we all said, no, Kenyon Drake's the guy, right? Yeah, 
yeah, of course we were. Uh, but seriously, great, great game plan for those guys. Uh, the option that they did on the first drive was fantastic. Um, going with Drake over guys like David Johnson, even at the goal line, was a bit surprising to me, but it just shows that Drake is really the guy at this point. Uh, it, there's no, there's no committee. It's David Johnson comes in when Drake's tired. That's it. Uh, maybe on certain passing downs, they like to have David Johnson just cause he's a better pass catcher, but, uh, he's the guy. And, uh, I, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to do anything at running back this year. I think they're going to go into next year with Drake being the guy. Obviously they'll get rid of David Johnson and, whatever fashion that is, if it's releasing him or trading him, but um, just, and then just roll with him and Edmonds next year. I think that they do that probably draft a running back later in, in later rounds, which just makes total sense there. Um, Freddie kitchens, post game hysterical. If you guys haven't seen it, just go watch it. Everybody's diving into that. So I actually wanted to stay away from that just because everybody's talking about it, but pretty funny. Um, uh, is it poor choice of words or is he just really delusional? Who knows? Just go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, Nick Chubb, I believe he is 150 yards away from breaking Jim Brown's record of yards in a season, rushing yards in a season by uh, a Brown running back. I think he need, yeah, I think he's, yeah, it's somewhere in that area. I, I don't know the exact number, but in that area, two more games left. He'll get it. Uh, Nick Chubb is the man there uh, reports coming out this week, right before the game started. I think it was on Saturday, maybe Friday, Joe Sherbert uh, pr- predicted to hit the uh, free agent market linebacker for the Browns. Who's been a key part for their team the last couple of weeks. Uh, Doug used to say it all the time that he was kind of his guy. So um, he'd get scooped up very quickly on the free agent market there. Um, OBJ reports that he wants out. Um, obviously doesn't help with them getting just blown out this weekend and him and Landry having like a combined, like 50 receiving yards or something like that this weekend. Uh, the rumors are going to continue to swirl there, but I also am a firm believer that they get a new OC, new head coach he's going to be happy again uh, and he'll be okay. See now, now we're good. Now we have the weapons. <clears throat> They're still going to need an offensive line, but um, Hey, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Denzel Ward. Uh, that guy's kind of uh, falling off a cliff after his rookie year. Um, hopefully it's just a down year there and he uh, steps up there. And then the Arizona Cardinals continue to struggle against tight ends. Uh, they're, they're like all time worst against tight ends, man. Uh, if you're still alive in fantasy, Jacob Hollister next, next week against, against the Cardinals. Yep. That's the guy that you want to go after. If you, uh, you're needing to hell Mary at tight end or in a flex position, that's who I would be going after. Uh, Vikings versus chargers, uh, chargers kind of just beat themselves, uh, just turnovers. I mean, you can't you can't turn the bar, ball over like that, which they were doing, obviously. Uh, Dalvin Cook hurt his shoulder again. Same shoulder injury, or same shoulder, I should say. I don't know if it's the same injury. I uh, assume so, but don't know that for a fact. Uh, as he got during the Seahawks game on Monday night a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Interesting to see if he plays on Monday night against the Packers. Obviously, just a super important game. If you win, all of a sudden, you guys have the same record, but 
is it worth risking that, like getting that injury again? What if you damage it more, you're out for the season, and your team makes the playoffs, given they're still fighting for a playoff spot. So uh, that's going to be a tough one. If I was them, I'd probably sit him, hope that you pull it out. If not, have him back week 17 in a must-win game to make the playoffs there. Uh, with the Rams losing last weekend, you kind of had that wiggle room there. Um, so it's probably time just for the two wide receivers and Kirk Cousins to step up and win a big-time game, primetime game, Monday night game. It's probably just time for those guys to just to do that this weekend. Just know that uh, Dalvin's probably not going to be there. Uh, be interesting to see if Madison plays. He missed last week as well. Uh, Matt Boone was kind of just the guy. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that's going to be an, very interesting now that I'm like, thinking through this. I'm like, that's a lot of injuries to a running back room. Uh, it's going to be interesting how that plays out. And it's not till Monday night, so you're not really going to know anything um, until possibly even Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, what else do I got here? Um, Eckler. Uh, I talked about it earlier with the Cohen and David Montgomery thing. Uh, this was the same case. Eckler played more snaps and was on the field more than Gordon. Um, I want to think that's just due to the two fumbles that Gordon had more than anything, but and them being down. But I still thought that, would interest, thought that was interesting. The, I thought they would kind of stick to the game plan more. But, again, you're down double digits trying to come back. you got to get that pass catcher in there. Um, so we'll see there. That's interesting. Um, Daniil Hunter, man, he's been playing out of his mind this year. Probably top four in MV, or defensive player of the year votes. Uh, right now, I, again, I'd probably have Gilmore at one. I think I'd still have TJ Watt at two. And then Hunter's probably in that, yeah, three, four, five range somewhere in there. I mean, you still got to put, dude, he might even be three. Yeah. He's had a great year. Um, I might have to come up with the top five here and, uh, get that out on social media. And he's been playing really good. I'm sorry. I that was the last game I just rewatched. Like right before we got on, this was the game I was watching. So he's like fresh on my mind. Um, moving on to my my team's game: Jags versus Oakland. Last game in the Coliseum. Um, just like uh, Minshew said, it was nice to ruin that for them. Uh, I'm usually the guy that's hey, you're out of the playoffs, team. Just lose. I want the best draft pick possible. But this game, I wanted. I really wanted to win this game. I wanted to ruin that for Oakland fans. Um, very, very much. Just needed that in my life. And they did it. The Jags came to play. I mean, they played offense played very poorly first half. Looked like they didn't know what to do without DJ Chark on the field. Um, and then, but look at that. Minshew Magic, fourth quarter, second half, came to play. Minshew's now 5-5 five and five as a starter has three wins when they were down double digits, two when they were down at halftime. So, like, he knows how to come back, man, and that's what you want to see. I mean, the here's the thing. is like if Minshew was not a six-round pick and didn't have the mustache and all this, right, all that, and sorry, I'm not saying I, I came up with this. I literally heard a Jaguars guy talk about this, so I don't want to act like I stole – or I came up with this. I stole this. Uh, if he – was doing exactly what he's doing now, but was a first-round pick, 
what would be your thoughts on him? And I think the thoughts are, as a fan base, you would be super excited. You have a quarterback that's bringing you back in games and not afraid of the moment and going down and scoring touchdowns or field goals or whatever to win ball games when when it really counts. So I think that's awesome. Is he the guy long term? I don't know. Right? Like he has a lot of flaws, a lot of flaws. But you want to know what? He's a baller. He gives you a chance to win. So you have to go into next year with that in mind. If it fails, who cares? Next year's draft class has guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and you're going to have two first-round picks. If you're just out of it, you're going to be able to trade up. Like, so you have to just go with it and just see, see what he gives you. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, this was the defensive line game. Yannick Ngakwe, hell of a game. Hell of a game. He is finally healthy the last few weeks, and you can tell it. And he bet on himself. Like, they offered him $19 million a year this this offseason. They couldn't come to an agreement. Bet on himself, and that dude's now going to get paid $22 million a year probably. The Jags will have to probably franchise tag him and then hope they can make some sort of a deal. Uh, that's probably the most realistic thing. I hope they just sign him long-term and just they realize how awesome this is this duo of two edge rushers and how important that can be. Clays Campbell, awesome game. Josh, Josh Allen, another hell of a game. Got into double-digit sacks. Love to see that. He, uh, he now has more sacks, uh, more forced fumbles, uh, basically the same amount of tackles and a little bit less tackles for loss than Nick Bosa, and he's played 75 less snaps. So – uh, if it's rookie defensive rookie of the year, call it biased or whatever you want. Josh Allen deserves it. Basically, the I mean, when it's all said and done, same amount of sets, right? He has more sacks. He has more forced fumbles, less tackles for loss. Um, same amount of tackles, basically. Um, say say you're all even there. Yeah, he's played 75 less snaps though, so he is a better. He's playing better and. The Niners' defensive line is way better than the Jags' defensive line. Obviously, Yannick and Clayus are good, but that that other spot is just a total weak point for the Jags when Niners have just studs across the entire thing. And I'm not saying the Jags' defensive line is bad or chumps or anything because they're still very good. I just think the way they've been playing, San Francisco's has played better this year. So um, that's my opinion on that, but we'll see there. Uh, uh, the linebackers for the first time this season, I finally felt like they played well. Uh, they, even without miles Jack, they played a good game there. Uh, Derek Carr's, uh, Oh, celebration when he thought the game was over, uh, celebrate with the fans. And then, uh, Minshew leads them down. They lose. And then he gets booed off the field, a whole bunch of stuff thrown onto the field. I hate to see it. hate to see it. Raiders fans. Sorry about that. Uh, they, but the Raiders need weapons desperately, man. Like running back and tight end just doesn't cut it. Like you can't just have like one running back, one tight end, and that's it. Uh, I know Williams is still dealing with the foot issue, but he was never the guy in with the Chargers either. Like he's a good number two or number three wide receiver. He can't be your number one. Again, I know AB was supposed to be the guy, and Williams was supposed to be that number two, which was it was a perfect plan until AB fucked it up for you. Um. Reports yesterday came out. Shefty, uh, Adam Schefter said, hey, 
mass changes in Jacksonville are coming. Duh. Love to see that. You know, it's going to happen. Uh, Hopefully Tom Coughlin, I know I've said it a hundred times. Hopefully he's one of the guy reports came out today that uh, NFLPA got involved because Tom Coughlin tried to find Dante Fowler Jr.'s seventy thousand or $700,000 for not going into their facility for off-season treatments when that's totally against the rules and it can't be mandatory. So Tom Coughlin, just being an old dude that he is, just needs to call it retiring. Like, sure, like we don't want to ruin his image injection. It's ruined, but, but like, sure, we don't want to ruin it. Just say you're going to retire then, Tom Coughlin. Like, just go away. Whatever gets you to go away. Let's just do it. Uh, moving on to the next one, Rams versus Cowboys. Just pure domination. I tried to tell you, AC. I tried to tell you, man. This was a perfect setup for the Cowboys to win this game. When we were doing our spreads, you're like, how are you picking the Cowboys right now? Because this is the type of game the Cowboys win. It just is. Um, why the Rams just didn't even run the ball basically in the first half, I think they had four carries for one yard from Gurley in the first half. Like, that's why you get down by so much. You're only passing it. <laughs> um, Cowboys, on the opposite, did not go away from the run. Stuck with it, even after, like, they have a history right this year of having a great first drive with Zeke scoring, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, let's have Dak carry the team the rest of the way. No, just keep giving the ball to Zeke. Look what happens. You fucking dominate. And then all of a sudden, you get Tony Pollard involved, who's a great change of pace guy, and can be the guy if Zeke ever goes down. Uh, they, they're set at running back for a long time. So, like seeing that. Um, Atlanta, San Francisco. And I apologize. I'm just going to admit this here. So, I'm not even going to talk about it. That is the one game that I have not gotten to watch, watch yet. Um, so, we're not even going to pretend like, oh, yeah, I can just make stuff up. No, I'm, just, I'm not going to bullshit you guys there. So, um, obviously, Atlanta wins that game on a basically a last-second touchdown to Julio Jones. Uh, I know that Kittle had a fumble, costly fumble in the fourth quarter. Um, so we'll, I'm going to rewatch that. We'll talk about this on Thursday. Um, and then the Sunday night game. Hey, I predicted this game to end up 16-13. That was my prediction. End up 17-13. So it was just a little off there, but exact, this played out exactly the way I thought it was. Completely defensive battle. Not a lot of scoring. Uh, defense sets up the scoring plays like that type of stuff. Um, Singletary looked fantastic. Fumbled it twice, one lost, one recovered. And uh, it's just, I mean, TJ Watt, man, he was just, they showed a a ton on the broadcast, dude. He was just fucking just swinging punches, swinging haymakers and not at people's heads because he's not like the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers game. He's just swinging at the ball and he gets it more often than he doesn't. So, uh, he's he's a lot of fun to watch there. Uh, Bill's defense, they're, they're just awesome to watch. I said it earlier, feel bad for the AFC South winner because I don't think either of them can beat the Bills. Uh, Titans have a much, much better chance in my opinion uh, just because the Titans, I feel like, are a little bit more tough as well. And so they can kind of get into that slugfest match. But Tannehill is a guy that can make plays – and I'm not saying Watson can't make plays either, but I just – he just has this weird feeling this year. Like, it's it's a weird Tannehill feeling that he's just playing well. Guys like A.J. Brown are just stepping up here. So, um, 
And then I just don't feel like the Texans defense can kind of stop the running game of the Bills. Uh, just my opinion there. Um, obviously, the Bills can't win the N- AFC East at this point now since the Patriots won last week. Even if the Bills beat them this week, um, I shouldn't say they shouldn't. They can't win. Then the Patriots would have to lose to the Dolphins at home, which Patriots are not losing at home to the Dolphins. If it was in Miami, no, not even this year. <laughs> who, who are we kidding? But uh, so basically, they're locked in as the five seed. They have a two game lead there, so and the head to head against the Steelers, so they're getting the five seed basically no matter what. There, uh, James Conner looked healthy. They desperately need Juju Smith Schuster back. Uh, obviously they just need a quarterback just in general, uh, b- having big Ben back n- next year, even if it's only for one more year will be a plus for them. Um, and then the Steelers are the team that are probably going to sneak in as the sixth seed uh, them or the AFC South second place is kind of who it's down to. I kind of just have this gut feeling. It's going to be the Steelers and, uh, they're the team that just the defense will probably try to keep the game a little close but then eventually they're going to fall apart and you're not going to be able to come back because you don't have quarterback play this year so uh i mean that happens from time to time and you don't wish that on anybody but that's just kind of the how realistic it is for the Steelers this year i mean still props if they make the playoffs with the way they, their season started and all the injuries and everything they have a uh, hell of a job by uh tomlin that's for sure so, uh, again, Saints-Colts game is going on right now. We're not going to talk about it because the game's not over there. But um, that's about all I got today, folks. Uh, next episode, AC will be back. Hopefully he learns how to drive in the snow a little bit. He makes it back to Kansas City, gets into his home, remembers how to turn on a laptop, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but overall, uh, I missed him, uh, but – Thank you all for tuning in to me just talking here. And uh, tonight we've been talking about.